If I look tired, it's because I am tired. This is a whole new deal. Preparing a message when you've got a little baby. Wow. Praise the Lord. Hey, what a fun morning in church. It's been good this morning, hasn't it? Real celebration. And uh, I think it's teed up my message today really well. And uh, yes, hello, Ian and Beck. This is Ian. This guy over here is my father-in-law's one best friend. So from WA, and that's his daughter, Beck, there. They're really good friends with me, Nikki. So awesome to see them here. We'll have to catch up before you go, I would say. Yeah. Go for a surf. Come over to the pool. Okay. Great. All right. I might just pray and then uh, get right into it. Awesome. Lord, we thank you so much, God. We can gather as your people, as your church, Lord God. And uh, Father, that you are here with us, Lord. It's just such a privilege, God, to fellowship with you and just to... Uh, you know, be encouraged and just know you, Lord God. And I thank you for that this morning, Father. I just pray, Lord, as I share today, Lord, that uh, we would hear your words and we would be encouraged for your cause and for your purpose here on earth, Lord God. And I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. Well, uh, this church has been home for me now for about six years in February. Six years. Unbelievable. That has flown by. Felt like just the other day that I came down the front here and got saved. But, um, you know, six years and over that six years, uh, so much, you know, I've just experienced so much in this church and so, so much good stuff. And it's really given me confidence today that this message that I'm going to share, that is true. And, you know, I believe what I'm going to share today because I've experienced it here in this church. And uh, it's been a real blessing for me in my life. And, um, you know, I've been over that six years, I've been through uh, some hard things. Um, losing uh, one of my best mates, his little brother was killed at high school and uh, that was a huge thing in my life and um, you know first time someone really close to me had died and you know this church though was a place of comfort in that time you know coming here on this Sunday it was it was comfort and there was people here to pray with me and love me and hug me and you know it was really good in that time. Um, This church has provided for me and it was just the other night we were talking about Um, when I went and did my YWAM DTS and I was just getting ready for outreach, I'd worked so hard, saved up all my money, had everything, I was clear and uh, then the financial crash happened (laughs) in like 30 seconds, my money just halved completely but um, this church just out of generosity and love prayed for me, provided for me and I was able to go on that trip and you know to me that has just been such a blessing. and also, just in the whole, my new life now, getting married and uh, having a baby. This church has just been amazing in celebrating that. And, um, you know, so just supporting, like encouraging and just being stoked with me and Nikki getting together. And now, as having a baby, um, everyone's so gracious and kind to us and helping and loving. And so, over that six years, this church has really impacted me and my life, you know, and it's, it's been incredible, and it really, today, it's from that six years, I really believe that what I'm going to share today is true, you know, and, and really, I want to encourage this church, this house, that we're doing a very good job, let's keep at it. So, our series that we're in at the moment is, uh, is called Touching Heaven and Changing Earth, Touching Heaven and Changing Earth. You know, and I just uh, been thinking about that throughout the week, and just ha- what a surreal concept it is that the touching heaven 
you know, that, that part of actually, as a Christian, we, we have fellowship with heaven, you know, and, and fellowship with Jesus. And, you know, that was, that's been something that from the very first time that I did get saved, you know, the heaven just, there's something inside of you that just, it draws you heavenward. You know, something in your spirit, it just draws you. You know, it's like when you go out at night and you look up at the stars, you know, and you go out and you're just, and you're just like, you just can't quite comprehend, but you understand a bit, but you can't quite comp- comprehend, but they're just amazing. And the more you think about it and think about it and you're just beauty and you go, wow, and this whole big thing of like, wow, and I'm this tiny little thing in the middle of it all. And it's just amazing, you know, that concept of heaven, that we can touch it. And, uh, but even more amazing is the changing earth part, you know, and that we as Christians, we as believers, are actually called to change earth, to impact earth in such a way that it actually looks like that heavenly place. You know, we're called to change it. And I think uh, that, Nev, you've come up with a very creative series because every single message gets to be a missional one, which is fantastic. We know Nev loves missions, and it's got to be touching heaven, changing earth. So every Sunday, this series is going to be first priority. Praise God. It's good. Awesome. Well, uh, last time I talked up here, I spoke on perseverance. Who had fun with that? Yes. Love persevering. That's a great topic, Paul. So good. So good. Guess what? I've got another good one for us today. Yes. Unity. Yes. How good is that? Unity. Oh, my goodness. All right. I'm going to make this work hard. Unity. Yes, I'm talking about unity because this is what I believe. I really, really, really believe that when it comes to touching heaven and changing earth, that God's primary vehicle that God's going to use and that God wants to use is the church and is a unified church. You know, it, it takes all the individuals, but I really, really believe that the primary vehicle that God is going to use and is using is a unified body of believers, a unified church. Amen. And, uh, you know, over those six years that I've been here, I've really come just to grow and learn and understand about church about you know the church's role and you know God's plan for the church on the earth God's design God's desire for the church and and what the church should be and uh you know we've got fantastic leaders that have just you know got that DNA into me and it's it's just been encouraging I've just with all you people that you know who know me well and I know you just seeing you guys be the church and and just seeing what you do and the way you change your world you know I really come to appreciate the importance of a healthy local church like I really appreciate it really value that and um, I've really come to see the importance of being a member in one you know being a person who's yeah, this is my church and I'm serving this church and I'm a part of this church because I've really come to learn and see that, that God is going to use the church to impact the world. And uh, it's become a passion of mine. I'm passionate about the church now. Passionate. Praise God. You know, I used to totally not be passionate. It used to be a task. But I'm passionate now about the church and about, you know, serving, giving everything and seeing the church be built and grow. Um, 
Not as passionate as my wife, though. Wow. <laughs> she is seriously passionate. And I praise God for her that she has just encouraged me. She's just like, when I get lazy, <laughs> give me a good slap. She's just encouraged me to come on, Paul, see the bigger picture and get passionate about the church. And uh, for anyone, if you want something reading, just a, a good like encouragement input into your life, really encouraged me was this book by uh, Brian Houston and it's called For This I Was Born and um, it's about aligning your life with the cause of Christ. You know, Christ has a cause. He has, a, he has an agenda and uh, when I read this book about, you know, aligning my life with his cause and agenda, not so much mine, but getting my whole life, my day to everything, get all of it, everything I do into aligning it with his cause and agenda, just the joy and the contentment and the satisfaction it brings to my life. And, and it will always, aligning your life with the cause of Christ, you will be aligning your life with the church and the cause of the church on the earth. And that's just true. <laughs> so I'm passionate about the church, um, but I'm not the most passionate person about the church. And uh, you know when you come across someone else who's better at something than you or like more passionate, you think you're really good, like you think you're amazing. It's kind of when you're down at the skate park and you, you're real good, like you know everything real good, you're sweet and all the other little kids are yeah, not so good. And then this outsider comes in or something and they're like real good and you're just like embarrassed, it's shame, I'll just do my little tricks down here. And there's a man who shares my passion, you know, for the unified church. But I'll tell you what, this man is way more passionate than me. This man has planted numerous churches around the world. This man has given up his entire life for the sake of the gospel and for missions. This man has written theological literature, which is absolutely flawless. This man has given language to life's mysteries. You know, he's explained mysteries. It's not Neville. <laughs> it's close. This man has been persecuted to the very edge of death for his passion multiple times, over and over again. He's been persecuted, he's been stoned, he's been shipwrecked, he's been falsely accused, he's been whipped, he's been jailed, all for his passion. Who is this man? Amen. Go, Paul. The Apostle Paul, arguably one of the most influential Christians of all time. This man was just unique. There was something, his passion for the church, his passion for God was just second to none. You know, Paul left behind a DNA of a movement that would eventually cause the Roman Empire to surrender to Christianity. That's how much influence he left behind at the Roman Empire. He left behind the DNA in all those churches that he spread. The Roman Empire would eventually surrender to Christianity. Be it for better or worse, it might have gone bad, but he left that behind. He had a serious passion for God. He had a serious passion for missions. He had a serious passion for people. And he had a serious passion for the church. It meant Paul had a passion for touching heaven and changing earth. And Paul knew what it meant to labor hard. Paul knew exactly that that passion that for the church, of seeing the church grow, of seeing Christ glorified, he knew that it took hard work, man. 
those missions trips that he went on. He went with no food, the shipwrecks, struggling with people, discipling new believers. I mean, we think we've like had to, those of us who are in ministry, you know, you handle some sticky situations and all this sort of stuff. Man, Paul would have gone through that like over and over and over again, you know, with people just all different cultures, all different religions, and just the bickering and just everything that he had to deal with. That's labor, like putting in the time and trying to explain to people and help people and disciple people. Paul put in time and was passionate about it. Paul was passionate about seeing people get saved. He was passionate about it. He says, I've become all things to all men that I might win some to Christ. He just gave everything for the cause. He gave everything to see people get saved and to grow in Christ. And, uh, but most of all, he really, 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 he saw it. You know, he labored in all his laboring. He was passionate about a unified church, that the body of believers, the community of believers, that they would be united. They would be absolutely united. You know, Paul wrote so many letters. He wrote to all these churches that he went to. He spent so much time, you know, going out to all these um, places and spending all his money and everything. And he wrote to these churches because he loved them. He wrote, and he wrote on so many issues, you know, all these different topics and issues and everything he had to address. And he cried about it and all this sort of stuff. But a consistent theme amongst all of his letters is that there would be a unity amongst all the Christian community. You know, that there would be a unity. And Paul so saw that what he worked hard for, like he put in the effort. When you put effort into something, you want to see what you put the effort into last. You want it to have meaning and significance. You know, and I really believe that when Paul, when all that hard work, he really saw the importance and the need for unity, for what he had worked at to last. There had to be unity. And he saw it as of central importance to the church, that there must be unity amongst its believers. Paul wrote this in parts of all his letters. He wrote it to everyone. He wrote to the Philippians. He wrote, Whatever happens, conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in one spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel. Paul encouraged them that even in the face of persecution, come on, stand together as one. To the Romans, he wrote, be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Paul encourages the high value. Come on, church, place high value on one another. He encourages, come on, church, love one another. To the Thessalonians, talking about love, he says, Now about your love for one another, we do not need to write to you, for you yourselves have been taught by God to love each other. And in fact, you do love all of God's family throughout Macedonia. Yet, we urge you, brothers and sisters, to do so more and more. Even the Thessalonians who did love one another, he said, Come on, love more and more. Don't stop. You might have got it right and you might be loving, but don't stop. Don't just say, okay, I love it. I love people enough now. No, continue because that little sneaky enemy is going to come in and 
continue to grow to love one another more and more. Work at it. To the Colossians, he wrote, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly love, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Paul knew that it was the conduct of the individuals in the church that was going to create unity. To the Corinthians, I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another in what you say and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly united in mind and thought. To a young church, Paul, straight up, that's the first you know, issue that he responded to their letter. He said, come on, church. Get the division out, get united in mind and thought, get on one track, one purpose, all together. This is central importance for your church. And even the love chapter, 1 Corinthians 13. It's a beautiful one for weddings, amazing. But Paul wrote this, you know, addressing the way that people in the church would relate to one another, that the community of, community of believers would relate to one another. And he said, love is patient, love is kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. Paul stressed the importance to these churches. He stressed the importance of love between one another between the individuals. He stressed the importance of love between one another. Now, this one's my favorite one, the one he wrote to the Ephesians. He says, As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort. Everyone say, make every effort. Woohoo, that's fun. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Paul so knew that for a unified church, a healthy church, there had to be moments where the individuals in the church were going to have to make every effort to get along with that person, to forgive that person, to show grace to that person. There comes a moment where you have to make an effort and actually fight yourself and go in the opposite spirit it's fun it's about as fun as perseverance isn't it awesome awesome yeah Paul saw it so clearly you know he went everywhere he, he traveled around he, he mixed with all different people mixed with different bodies he was he's everywhere you know he saw a big picture of the body of Christ he saw a big, big picture of the believers, you know. He, he saw what it was to be. And, um, yeah, I really, I reckon, I just made this up. <laughs> you know, that Paul, he, he stressed about it so much and he had so many issues like, man, how can I get it through to these people? They just have to get along with one another. God, please, like, Lord, do they not know? It's your will that they love one another. And I just reckon when he was praying one night, you're just praying, crying, praying for these people that he loved, that God just showed him this picture. 
clear as day and he just saw a picture. And I just believe that Paul saw that picture and that he saw the church of Jesus Christ, the people that likened it to a human body. And he just saw a picture of a human body. He said, that is it. The church should look and function like a human body should. To the Romans, he wrote, just as each one of us has a body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ, we who are many form one body. He used this terminology of this body everywhere. To the Ephesians, he said, God placed all things under his feet and appointed him head over everything for the church, which is his body. He also said to the Ephesians, this mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles and heirs together with Israel, members together of one body. To the Colossians, he writes, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since members of one body you were called to peace. You know, Paul saw that it was a body. There was a body, a human body. And he detailed it so clearly to his good old friends, the Corinthians, the self-centered Corinthians. It's all about me, 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 me. They were individualistic. That is the culture that they lived in. It was me, 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 me. And Paul, you know, so just like came against that, you know, and that's a culture which we, come on, we struggle in that culture. That is what we live fully in. We fully live in that culture. And there is such a lean, even in, in church, let it be about me, let it be about me, let it be about me. Paul addressed it and he has his most clear, detailed, come on, do you understand the thing about the body? You've got to get the picture. And he talks about it right where he's talking about spiritual giftings as well. Okay? Who knows that there's some disunity amongst the churches about when it comes to spirituality, the giftings, and I can do this, and I can do that, why can I, I can do this, and all this sort of stuff. It's on this issue where it gets spiritual that Paul's like, come on, you're a body, work as a body, get it in your head. You, there's not one that works best by itself. He says, the body is a unit. Though it is made up of many parts, and though all its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ. For we are all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and we are given one spirit to drink. Now the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Yes, we're all different, and we all got different parts. Hallelujah. Thank you, Corinthians. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has arranged the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honourable, we treat with special honour. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has combined the members of the body. God has combined the members of the body and has given greater honour to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts part of me should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honoured, every part rejoices with it. 
Now you are the body of Christ. And each one of you is a part of it. Man, Paul saw so clearly that the church, come on, all the believers, every single one, all the individuals, that everyone, just like in every human body here, there's so many different parts, so many different types of things and, and all this. Paul saw that every single one has its place and its purpose. And that for the church to be useful, just like a human body, all those parts have got to get along. All those parts have got to be unified in what they are doing for that body to be useful. Yeah? All those parts have got to work in harmony together for it to be useful. You know, if my foot just decided to give up and say, oh, no, I don't want to be a part of this, that my whole body just becomes unuseful. And Paul saw that. He saw that everyone had to be united. And uh, one of the big issues that Paul, um, over and over again, would hit on, it's not the fun one, but he all the time, was that the conduct of the believers, that it would be appropriate. You know, that Paul wrote about appropriate Christ-like conduct between believers. And that's not a fun word again, is it? I've got all the fun ones. Yes, perseverance, unity, and conduct. Now he's going to encourage us to live a good life. Oh my gosh. And be Christ-like. Yes. Because it, be, it might not be very fun to talk about, but it can't be ignored. You can't ignore it. You know, it doesn't take long. You pick up your Bible and you read your Bible. It doesn't take long till you realize that if I'm a follower of Jesus, there's something about my conduct and the way that I relate to people that has got to be changed. There's something about the way I live my life and I deal with situations and issues and things that come up. If I'm a follower of Jesus, there's a way to go about it. There's a love and a grace and a patience and a kindness that I've got to show. Amen? The Bible's full of it. It is full of the same thing. And it seems like the same thing again and again. And if you thought about it, that God put everything, that little Bible we have, God put it all together. And we've got the same thing over and over. He wants us to read all of it straight through. And if we read it all through, we just get repetition. Now, repetition doesn't to entertain, but it sure does teach. Amen? It might not be fun to talk about the way we conduct ourselves in the body, in the church, but it cannot be ignored. Paul repeatedly talked about it. He talked about behavior, he talked about our demeanor, he talked about the deeds we do, he talked about the way we handle things, he talked about exploits, he talked about manners, he talked about managing things, he talked about administration, he talked about relationships between one another. Paul addresses the conduct of the individuals between one another. Like we looked at he over and over again to all the churches. It was an issue he brought up. He, he talked about it. But this is the thing. Paul's passion was not, Paul's passion was not to create orderly, nice people just to live amongst. That was not his passion. Paul's purpose and reasoning, Paul's purpose and reasoning for encouraging and saying, come on, check out your life. Check out the way you're handling yourself. Come on. Was that Jesus Christ would be glorified. 
That was Paul's passion, that Jesus would be glorified and that Jesus would be made famous throughout the earth. He laboured not just to make nice people. He laboured not just to make, you know, good, you know, great social people. He laboured so that Jesus would be glorified throughout the earth and that people would get saved. Amen? Which is a crazy thing. This, is, this whole idea that this is coming from Paul is a funny thing when I was thinking about it because this is coming from Paul, right? Paul, before he was a Christian, was anything but a well-conductive human being. He was anything but that. He was the opposite of patient, kind, gentle, loving. Paul was a divisor. Paul was a man who completely just wanted to destroy people and rip people apart. He delighted in seeing people die, Christians die. This is the kind of man, he was not compassionate. Absolutely not. So there's such an irony when this Paul dude is now encouraging the body of Christ, the people Conduct yourselves in a way that's loving, gentle. Come on, patience, love one another. Do it. Come on, come on, come on. But Paul had an encounter that changed him. Paul had an encounter with Jesus, and Jesus changed Paul. Paul encountered the way that God related to him. And that changed him. Paul encountered. He was a sinner. He was evil. Man, he was directly against these Christians and Jesus. But he encountered the way that God related to him, even though he was like that. God was patient to him. God was kind to him. God was gracious. God was merciful. Paul saw the cross and saw that on the cross, oh my goodness, God has shown me mercy. God has shown me kindness. God has shown me patience. God has shown me love. God has shown me forgiveness. And when Paul went and he saw the church, man, he saw, come on people, the way God is related to us, we as a church, we've got to relate that through and out us. Amen? That the grace shown on the cross must overflow in my life to you. That the patience shown to me on the cross must overflow. The forgiveness shown on the cross must overflow. The humility shown on the cross to me must overflow. Amen. The love, the sacrifice shown on the cross must overflow. Paul saw that the work of Christ was to overflow into and through all believers. That is what changed him. The work of the cross. And you know, Paul saw that it was through that. It was when the body of believers, the, the people, the followers of Jesus Christ, Paul saw that when they applied what had been showed to them from God, when they applied that to their life and showed it to one another, he saw that that is what would glorify Christ and that that is what the world would see. And the world would see the Christ in them and they would see Jesus. And I can tell you what, I've, so many people have walked through this door and have just, they're gobsmacked. Church, congratulations. We at Eastgate, we've done so well at this. But I want to encourage us today, let's continue more. You know, we've had a lot of people. James, it's awesome. People like James who come in and they just experience a love, a family, 
a safe refuge. And that is what it is. When we apply that love, when we make every effort to love more and more, it overflows and it shines and people see Jesus and experience him through it. You know, Jesus said it. Jesus clearly, simple. Jesus just made everything simple. A new command I give to you, love one another, even as I have loved you. And he said that through that, by this, all men will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. You know, patience is love. Forgiveness is love. Long-suffering with someone is love. Amen? Honouring someone is love. Consideration is love. You know, all of us, all of us have been called to be a part of the body. You know, all of us have been called to be a part of this body. And, you know, all of us, when we get saved, we're not just saved to be saved. We're We're not just saved to be saved. When we get saved, we also get called, you know. And we get called to be a part of something that's bigger than us, bigger than just me, you know. We're called to be a part of God's body, of God's family, just like a hand cannot survive on its own. When we get saved, like a hand, we need to be attached to the body. You know, we cannot survive on our own cannot survive on its own we're called to be a part of something and I so want to encourage people if that might be you you're not sure oh I don't know if I need church not sure if I I can do it by myself you know no <laughs> God desire he want, you work best when you are attached to the body you are part of the body you are needed in the body you cause the body to function at its best That is where you will survive. You will thrive when you're in the body. You need nourishment from other people in the body. You need other people to carry you. You need other people to support you. You need feet that can carry you when you can't. Come on, you need to be in the body. You need to be connected. And for all of us who are connected, who are in this body, I so want to encourage this year, come on, let's encourage more people. Let's, if there's people in here and you might, you know that, they feel disconnected. For some reason, there's issue or whatever. Let's make every effort to bring that, help that relationship, heal that relationship and, and make them just feel a part of this body, you know, and, and, and included in to this body. And just here, I just want to quickly plug our links groups. You know, if you do feel disconnected, if you, don't, if you feel distant, things like this, this is a great year, new year, Get involved in a links group. We've got great links groups, young adults, all different sorts of ones. Get involved and get to know some people and build that relationship with one another. Now, Paul, Paul coined that metaphor, you know, with the body and the church. And uh, he just knew, he saw it so clearly that the purpose of the church was to be the physical representation of Jesus Christ on the earth. You know, that through the church... It would be a physical representation to the world. It would testify, hello world, this is Jesus. Jesus is here. And, but, so he, in doing so, he had to address the conduct again and again. And um, I want to 
encourage us as a church? Do we want to see our community changed? Yes? Do we want to see change in our nation? Do we want to see change around the world? We're called to change. We're absolutely called to change. Let's make every effort to be unified to one another. Come on, if there's niggly relationships, there's funny things, let's not run away from it. Let's make every effort to run and get those things restored. Let's look at the way that God's treated us and apply that to our life and to the relationships of the people around us because a healthy, unified body, a healthy, healthy, healthy body, man, that has a presence. And what goes inside a body? Can someone tell me? We've all got one. Goes inside the body. Everybody, there's something that fills it. There's something that makes it unique. There's something that just causes like that person. It's a spirit, not the food. The spirit inside the body. The spirit that fills the body. You know, and the spirit that fills the body of the church is the spirit of Christ. You know, we're called the body of Christ. That's who we're called to be. Paul said to the Corinthians after that whole thing, now you are the body of Christ. Amen. And the world will see that. The world will see that we are the body of Christ. You know that word Christ? We are the body of Christ. That word Christ means anointed one or smeared of heaven. A body which is smeared of heaven. You know, and I'm just so passionate about this that I really believe Touching heaven, changing earth, God's primary vehicle is that he wants to use the church. And a church that is touched or smeared of heaven. Amen? And people will see it. People will come into it and will experience it. They will experience a love, a kindness, a grace that will testify to Jesus. So I'm almost there. Just got a couple of Psalms to read. Is this good? Is everyone good? Gotten something out of it? Awesome. I'll read this first. As the body of Christ, we are called to be the feet, which stand for what Christ stood for, the legs that go as Christ commanded. As the body of Christ, we're called to be the hands which work as Christ would. We're called to be the arms that embrace with Christ's comfort. We're called to be the mouth that speaks the words of Christ. We're called to be the skin which feels the emotions of Christ called to be the ears that hear what Christ hears. We're called to be the brain that thinks and has the mind of Christ. And we're also called to be the reproductive organs and multiply the saints with Christ's salvation. Amen? How good and pleasant it is. Psalm 133. How good and pleasant it is when brothers live together in unity. It is like precious oil poured out on the head, running down on the beard, down upon the collar of his robes. It is, as if, it is as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion. For there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. Where there is unity, there is blessing. There is an oil, and that oil is a fragrance. That oil is a smearing of heaven. That oil makes that body an amazing, beautiful body. That is what makes it beautiful. My wife is so beautiful. When she puts on all this lotion, rubs it in, puts it on her face, the moisturizer and the uh, bio oil and 
gets all pretty and then puts on a little bit of perfume. <laughs> I take notice. I take notice of that body. And I tell you what, the world is going to take notice of a unified group of people who love Jesus and display the love of Jesus throughout their life to one another. The world will take notice and look at it and go, wow. <laughs> wow. Ish. <laughs> Amen. Come on, there's something about the togetherness. There's something about, there's something in this, you know, and I really just encourage this touching heaven, changing earth. It's for all of us, you know. When we do it together, when we have that thing, this um, prayer that Nev's going through, it's all our, our Father, our, 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 we, we, bless us, 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 you know. Come on. It's about the community. It's about all of us. And I just so love this Psalm, Psalm 67. And it says, may God be gracious to us god be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine on us on us on us so that your ways may be known on earth and your salvation among all the nations amen when we as a group of people a community love one another we go come on god we love you together. When there's a unity in worship, when there's a unity towards God, there's a blessing and anointing. God's face shines down on us and the nations know the salvation of God through that. Amen. Why don't you stand and I'll pray. Father, I thank you this morning, Lord. I thank you for this church, Lord. We thank you, Father, for our leaders, Lord God. Father, we thank you for their passion, Lord God, and the work, their labor, Father, what they have put in over the years, Father. And we just pray, Lord God, for future vision, Lord God. Father, that you would bless them, you would encourage them, Lord. Father, I just pray, Lord, and I thank you, Lord, for all the people that make this house, make this body, make this place, Lord God, what it is. All the people in here who love one another, who have shown compassion and patience and kindness, Lord God. And Father, I just pray as a body that we would continue to more and more. And that this year, Lord God, Father, you would so encourage us, Lord God, to make every effort to go further, to love more, Lord God, to embrace and to keep that unity of the Spirit, Lord God. Father, we just thank you for your blessing and your anointing which flows through this church, Lord. And we pray, Lord, we pray, Lord God, that it would shine. We pray, Lord God, Father, that our community would see it, Lord God, and would experience your love, Jesus. We pray, Lord God, that we, God, we don't have to be big, but Lord, we pray for influence, Lord God. Father, that we can be influential, Lord God, around the world, Lord God. And I just thank you for your love which encourages us in Jesus' name. Amen.